from E-Town Hall in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains, it's E-Town, celebrating 30 years on the air. This week featuring guests from 1996 Part 1, including Keb Moe, Steve Earle, Kate McKenzie, Yorma Konkinen, and others. Plus, a conversation with Michael Moore. I'm Helen Forster, and here's our host, Nick Forster. Thanks, Helen. Welcome to E-Town as we continue our celebration of 30 years on the air. This has been so far really fun for us to dive into the archives and explore all of these amazing songs and conversations that have literally been locked away for decades. We're making some progress a little more slowly than we'd hoped, but there's so much good stuff that it's hard to choose. We are up to the year 1996, a year in which we were feeling pretty good. We had just been dropped by NPR, and at first it scared us a little, but then we realized we liked being independent. We had some great underwriters in the natural products world, and we were pretty well established as a good stop for musicians and authors with new books or records out. So we're going to go back to 1996, a year in which Fox News, Pokemon Go, and Dolly the Clone Sheep all made their debut, or were born, sort of. So here from 1996 are three strong male voices representing different flavors of American music, Steve Earle, Clarence Gatemouth Brown, and up first, from his first visit to E-Town, here's Keb Moe. Thank you very much. I'd like to invite Mr. Steve Ivey from the E-Tone Band to come up and play a little song with me. You ready, Steve? Am I wrong? Fall in love with you. Tell me, am I wrong? Falling in love with you. Why your other man was out there cheating and lying, stepping all over you? Am I wrong? Hold on to you so tight Tell me am I wrong Holding on to you so tight When your other man come to claim you He better be ready, ready for a long hard fight But I got to be strong You know you're depending on me I got to be strong I know you're depending on me Give you all of my attention All of my time All of the love you need Am I wrong? Falling in love with you Tell me am I wrong? I just want to make a home for your babies And all of your children too Am I wrong? Falling in love with you Tell me am I wrong? Falling in love with her Stepping all over you. Why 
California, Mr. Kev Moe, OK recording artist. Thank you. Would you please welcome to E-Town, Mr. Steve Earle. Thanks. Good evening, of course, to the place of Mandolin on this. I'd like to dedicate my part of the show tonight to the memory of Bill Monroe. See you when I get there, Cap. the hometown blues with apologies to uh, Thomas Wolf and Doc Watson. I wish I'd never come back home don't feel right since I've been grown I can't find any of my old friends hanging around Won't nothing bring you down like your hometown I spent some time in New Orleans I had to live on rice and beans Heads to Texas when the sun was beating down. But won't nothing bring you down like your hometown. Home is where the hot is, ain't that what they always say? My heart lies in broken pieces scattered along the way. So don't think about me when I'm gone. I don't mind traveling alone. The sweetest little thing that I've ever found But won't nothing bring you down like your hometown All right, Wilson Pickett Notice at no time do our fingers leave our hands Ain't that what they always say My heart lies in broken pieces Scattered along the way So don't think about me when I'm gone I don't mind traveling alone Honey, you are the sweetest little thing And I've ever found But won't nothing bring down like your own I'll shoot one nothing bring down like your hometown. Mr. Steve Earl, Nashville, Tennessee. Warner Brothers recording artist. Thanks. Steve Earl. Yeah.
You're listening to E-Town. We're here with Mr. Clarence Gatemouth Brown and his fine band, The Gates Express. You know, sometimes here in E-Town we talk about uh, resource conservation, and I do think that what we have here with uh, Mr. Gatemouth Brown is a real American uh, treasure. So we get a chance to talk to him a little bit, if that's okay. Now, um, in the beginning, you grew up in Texas, I guess. That's o right, Orange. Orange, Texas, right across the border. You were born in Louisiana, grew up right... Right on the border. Yeah. The only thing separated where I was born and where I was raised was Sabine River. Mm -hmm. Now, tell me about the kind of music your dad played. Well, to my knowing, all I ever heard him play was Cajun country and bluegrass. That's my roots in music. Yeah. And what instrument did he play? He played fiddle, guitar, banjo, mandolin, an accordion. And did he teach you those things? No. Yeah. <laughs> He told me to pay attention. Well, I asked him once, how you do this? He said, pay attention. He couldn't tell me it's magic, just like I don't tell no one else. Yeah. How you do this? Pay attention. <laughs> That's it. Now, you started out, uh, you played some drums early on, did you? Yes, I did that. Um, we formed a little band in my hometown when I was growing up, and... They didn't have a drummer, so I decided to try to yeah. play the drums, and we did pretty well. Then I started trying to sing. And, and you played uh, house parties, or where'd you play? Oh, we played little, little ice cream parlors and stuff at that time. <laughs> you know, in Texas, oh, yeah, we couldn't go in no drinking joint. But little ice cream parlors. And, and, and what about the radio when you were growing up? Was there radio in your house? Did you listen to music all the time? Yes, that's yeah. about all. We did have radio. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did you hear bands like uh, Milton Brown and his musical brownies or the Light Cross Doughboys or any of those uh, sort of Texas yes. bands? Yes. Yeah. Yes. There's yes. something very cool about that Western swing in music and the way it combines blues and jazz and country music and sort of a big band sound that's not like anything else. And you've continued that kind of uh, combination. You know, you've continued to sort of defy characterization of the kinds of music you play. You play all kinds of stuff. Yes, and there's a reason for that. Yeah, what's that? Everybody else playing the same thing, and I don't want to play the same thing. When you hear one, you hear that one, you hear the last one, and everything in the middle is just like the other two. Right. So for your own musical passion and interest to stay alive, you've got to move it around. You've got to change it around a little bit. Yeah, and be positive at the same time. Yeah. Now, a lot of the people you admired and people who have admired you, like uh, Johnny Guitar Watson and Albert Collins and Guitar Slim and others, they haven't lasted as long as you have. And do you think that's a... Uh... It's a reason for that. Yeah, what's that? <laughs> Number one, whoever created this stuff to call alcohol, a lot of people abused it, and it got them in the end. That's... So that's not something you've done down through no, the years? No, nothing yeah. I will ever do either. Yeah. Don't let the whiskey rule you. Try to rule it. Yeah. And the best way to rule it, do what I do. Stay away from it. In case you've just joined us, you're listening to E-Town. We're here with one of the hardest working and most uh, significant American musicians today, Mr. Clarence Gatemouth Brown. I just looked at your tour schedule before the show, and you are a hardworking guy. You are, I don't know how many dates are you playing these days. Well, between 250 to 300 days a year. And I like for you all to know, and I'm proud of it, 18th of April will be my 70th. To birthday. That's amazing.
Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat a little bit. Once again, would you please welcome back with his band, Mr. Clarence Gatemouth Brown. Thank you. Now, here's a blues I wrote for all of you. Wherever you go, there you are. Like a jaguar, long, long and far. Mm-hmm. Run like a jaguar, long, long and far. Where well, you stop, little woman? There you are, there you are. You may run and hide. Yourself. 
Mouth Brown, along with Harold Floyd, Joe Clown, David Peters, Eric Demmer. You are listening to E-Town's 30th anniversary celebration featuring our 1996 season. We'll be back with more music from Yor McCowkinen, Kate McKenzie, Del McCoury, plus a part of my conversation with filmmaker Michael Moore after a short break. Your visit to E-Town is made possible in part by the Scientific and Cultural Facilities District, or SCFD, one of the largest cultural funding mechanisms in the United States, supporting nearly 300 organizations in the greater Denver area. You're listening to E-Town. I'm Nick Forster. You're listening to E-Town as we revisit some of the best moments from our archives this week from our 1996 season. Up next, a portion of my chat with filmmaker and provocateur Michael Moore. Back in 1989, Mr. Michael Moore produced and starred in what was to become the most successful nonfiction film in history. The film was called Roger and Me. It was about the town of Flint, Michigan and Michael's efforts to get in touch with General Motors President Roger Smith to talk to him about the effects of plant closings in Flint. The film, of course, turned out to be about much more than that, and uh, Michael went on to produce the popular TV show TV Nation, as well as uh, another couple of films. He's now written a new book. It's called Downsize This, Random Threats from an Unarmed American. And uh, like, like his earlier work, it's kind of an irreverent uh, blast of common sense in the midst of political wavering and corporate greed. Glad to have him here. Would you please welcome D-Town, Mr. Michael Moore. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Michael, thanks for joining us. One of the chapters in your book, which I really enjoyed, one of the chapters is called Big welfare mamas. Can we talk about the, uh, the difference between the stereotype of welfare recipients and the kind of welfare you're really talking about? Well, I, I hate uh, welfare uh, people, you know, lazy, uh, shiftless bums that they are. And I'll tell you, these corporate executives have just got to get off their ass and start getting to work. You know? I mean, those are the welfare, those are the welfare mothers I'm concerned about. Every year, $170 billion of our tax money goes to corporations in like free handouts. And it goes to stuff like McDonald's gets a million and a half dollars to promote Chicken McNuggets in Singapore of our tax money. Pillsbury gets $11 million to promote the Pillsbury Doughboy in third world countries. 
You know, were they, they afraid the Michelin tire man was taking over or something? <laughs> what was the challenge here? I don't know what the deal is there, <laughs> but you know, it's like they can pay for this stuff for themselves, right. you know? And, and yet what they want to do is they want to beat up on the person who's having a tough go of it, you know, trying to raise their kids, getting a pittance from the government in order to survive. But that's the welfare they get everybody concerned about. And that's only one third. The total amount we spend on ADC and food stamps is just one third of the total amount we give to corporations and welfare every year. The total amount of money we spend on social programs. $50 billion. Yeah. $50 billion, and we spend $170 billion in corporate welfare. Mm. It includes all kinds of subsidies. Now, you know, it's strange to me that we would actually give welfare. It just, it just makes no sense While to me. While making a huge profit. Making a huge profit. I mean, GM is the best example of this. They made $7 billion in profit last year, and they're still laying off people. I thought you laid off people in hard times. Mm-hmm. Now, um, how's, what's it like in Flint these days? Not good. It's not, not in good shape. Yeah. I hate to say that, but it's, it's, uh, I'm back there every month, and it's, uh, I, you know, I feel bad every time I go back. And, you know, actually, I begin my book with two photographs. There's one of right. the bombed-out building in Oklahoma City and then a bombed-out building in Flint, Michigan that GM is tearing down. And if you don't look at the caption, you can't really tell the difference yeah. between, you've seen it, the, the two photos. They look exactly the same. Yeah. yeah, and I put them under the headline of, what is terrorism? If you park a rider truck in front of a building and kill 168 people with a bomb, that's definitely terrorism and, and should be punished. But what do you call it when a company politely removes the people from the building first? then blows it up. And in the ensuing years, the people that used to work there because their livelihood has been taken away from them commit suicide, kill their spouse, turn to drugs and alcohol, and die a longer death. Those people are just as dead. And I think that's a form of terrorism. When you close a factory, when you're making $7 billion in profit, and you ruin people's lives like that, that is terrorism. And we have to stand up and stop it. I really feel very, very strongly about this. You have an opportunity as a filmmaker, as an author, as a guy who goes around and talks to a lot of people to uh, get your message out. But in general, you're talking about all these problems. You're talking about the sort of deep entrenched uh, corruption and, and uh, imbalance and unfairness that's a part of the system. How is that going to change to you know, the, you know, the average individual, the people listening to the show? Right. What are they going to do? How are well, they going to make a difference? I think what people have to do is they have to get involved locally. You have to get involved with political parties on a local level. Some of you have to think about running for office, for school board or, or city council. If you went to, the, for instance, the Democratic Party meeting in your county next week, I guarantee you there won't be more than 15 people at that meeting. You could take 20 of your friends to that meeting and you could run the Democratic Party in your county. No, it's true. It's true. And, and yet... It's just wide open for us to get involved. People listening to the show right now should think about running for office. We need non-politicians, working people or barely working people, running for office, you know, to, to be our voice. I really believe that, that individuals can make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Mr. Michael Moore. Thank you very much. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Michael Moore from back in 1996. You know, it was uh, 25 years ago, and so some of his numbers are off, but the conversation is still relevant, obviously. And there's still a lot of people who are hurting, and of course, in COVID times, those numbers have changed substantially, and the government is really stepping in to help more people in need. But we thought that was an interesting conversation to share with you from 25 years ago. Coming up, we're going to hear from a great singer, Kate McKenzie. So Hot Rise, the band that I was in for many years, was a frequent guest 
on the great radio show A Prairie Home Companion that Garrison Keillor put out. Um, I think it was through those connections that I met Kate for the first time. We became friends. She asked me to produce her first record, and it was one of the first records I had ever produced. We did it in Nashville. I was a little bit uncertain of my own skills, and so I called up all my friends, and as a result, her first record featured guest appearances by people like the Fairfield Four, Sam Bush, Stuart Duncan, Bela Fleck, Emmylou Harris, Alison Krauss, Victor Krauss, and the list went on and on. It was a action-packed, star-studded recording session. But the record was great, and Kate came to visit E-Town when her record came out. Here she is, Kate McKenzie on E-Town back in 1996. Thank you. It's really, really great to be back here on E-Town. I'd like to do a song now from a new album I have coming out on Red House Records that Nick Forrester produced and uh, played guitar on and sang and he did a lot and I'm really grateful. He's a good friend and has helped me take all these little ideas and feelings and bits of songs and put them together into uh, real songs. And uh, I'd like to have Helen Forrester come out and sing with me on this one. Forgive and forgive 
you. All right, Kate McKenzie, putting the blues back in bluegrass music from up in St. Paul, Minnesota. Along with Tony Furtado on the banjo and the E-tones. Her new CD, it's called The Age of Innocence, out of Red House Records. Sticking with the bluegrass theme, we're going to move from Kate McKenzie to Del McCory on stage at E-Town in 1996. Del, what's that all about? Bluegrass music sounds so happy and then the words are just unbelievably depressing. Why why is that? It's true, isn't it, Nick? I think it's it's a little more true in your case than in some. You know, you, you guys have been honored. There's, there's an organization called the International Bluegrass Music Association. And uh, this year, everyone in the band was nominated individually. You won uh, Entertainer of the Year, Instrumental Group of the Year. And, and over the years, you've been, I think it's three times now, Male Vocalist of the Year and four? Four times. I'm not sure about that. You're not sure. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about all this, all this attention? Grammy nomination, I mean, all this stuff. What do you think about all this? Well, you know, Nick, I tell you, I'm like, Nick's been playing almost as long as I have, I guess, but, uh, you know, I I think if I had been younger, I think I would have been a lot more excited about it, you know, but what I do, I just, uh, (laughs) it's true, you know, when you're young, you really get excited about things. I did. (laughs) But, you know, uh, these days, we just, I do my songs, you know, and record and do all the things that you have to do and, and hit the road every day. <laughs> yeah. and but it, it's gratifying. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. You might be the only uh, uh, performing uh, former logger who's ever been on E-Town. I'm not sure that that's, that's something we've had a whole bunch of around here. <laughs> we'll have to investigate that. I bet you've had a couple. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you started playing with uh, Bill Monroe? 24, I, I went with Bill Monroe. And I just stayed one year. I played a year with Bill, and that was really an exciting time for me. Even though I went to take a job playing banjo with Bill Monroe, uh, just so happened he hired another guy that was standing right beside him. I mean, wanted me to play the guitar and sing lead for him because he needed a lead singer, you know? Right. And later on when I got my own band, it kind of worked better for me to play guitar and sing. I had to do most of all the singing then, and, and what little MCing was done, I had to do. So it, it did work better, you know, yeah. and I liked it better. Um, <laughs> la- last thing I want to ask you, Dell, is, is um, you have, uh, and partly I, I know on your new record, you've got a Tom Petty song, you've got a Robert Cray song, you're kind of reaching beyond the normal sphere of bluegrass material. And as a result, you're getting some recognition from uh, the world of, you know, rock and roll types and blues types and playing some different venues. Is that wild for you or does that just seem (laughs) just natural? Well, yeah, it is. It's kind of different for me, you know. But I have to credit uh, that to these guys, you know. They brought songs to me. I'd never heard those songs before. And And, uh, Ronnie and... uh, the whole band, they bring me those new songs. I don't listen to radio much like I used to, you know, yeah. or records, you know. Yeah. And uh, they'll play them, and they'll say, now, Dad, if you, if you like it, well, we'll record it. And if you don't, we won't do it, you know. But I like them, a lot of them that <laughs> they bring, you know. Well, it sounds like it's working out fine, and uh, glad you guys could make the trip out here. And uh, would you welcome back once again to E-Town, the Del McCurry Band. <laughs> Thank you. 
doesn't feel right I can tell you're only lying If you've got something better tonight Then don't mess up my mind with your crying Just walk out in the rain Walk out of my dreams Walk out of my life It don't feel right You can't catch the next train Oh darling, walk out in the rain McCurry band, rounder recording artist, Robbie McCurry, Ronnie McCurry, Mike Bubb, Jason Carter, and Del McCurry on guitar and lead vocals.
Yorma, your, your dad was in the Foreign Service. You guys lived all over the place, didn't you? Yeah, I did. What, what kind of countries did you live in as you were well, growing up? Let's see. We, we lived in Pakistan for two or three years. I was in the Philippines off and on for six years. Did you, um, during that time, ever eat bugs of any kind? Uh, actually, I have eaten bugs. Yeah. I think it's easier to eat bugs in a restaurant in New York. Right. <laughs> but yeah, we've eaten bugs. And they, have, they have some fun stuff in the Philippines. They have these balutes. It's sort of a boiled duck embryo. That's... An appetizing little number. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's uh, it's important to know about those things. Not yes, it is. Regardless of whether or not you actually participate. Um, I have to say that I grew up listening to the acoustic guitar and, and being a big fan of acoustic guitar playing. And your song, uh, Embryonic Journey, was just an amazingly powerful piece in that time frame. And I just wanted to publicly thank you for doing such a beautiful instrumental acoustic guitar thing that so many people heard. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I think it really influenced, helped a lot of people at least start to learn how to play the guitar until they realized it was really hard and they couldn't play that song. <laughs> nah, you're, you're doing it the wrong way. Really? <laughs> Everything I do is easy. Yeah? Can you play, are you, do you need a tuning? Was that an open tuning? It's just a drop D. A drop string. D, yeah. yeah. So what does it sound like when you do it and makes it it's so easy? Thank you so much for doing that. Thanks for asking me. Thanks to Jor McCowkinen for demystifying his instrumental Embryonic Journey, the song that came out on his band's record, the Jefferson Airplane Surrealistic Pillow that came out in 1967. Thanks also to Del McCurry and Kate McKenzie 
We'll be back with music from Jonathan Edwards and Joan Osborne after a short break. This portion of E-Town is made possible by the Bohemian Foundation, building stronger communities through the Bohemian qualities of creativity and imagination. On the web at bohemianfoundation.org. You're listening to E-Town. Nick Forster. I'd like to say hello to our listeners who hear E-Town on stations like KRFC in Fort Collins, Colorado, on WLNZ in Lansing, Michigan, and on WWCF in McConnellsburg, Pennsylvania. As always, if you want some more information about anything having to do with E-Town, all kinds of stuff can be found online at etown.org. We are back looking at 30 years of E-Town shows, this week focused on 1996. And 1996 was a challenge for us because we had so many really strong musical moments. We divided it up into two parts. The second part of this 1996 Best Of series will be available next week. That will feature Taj Mahal, Tuck and Patty, Sweet Honey and the Rock, Carla Bonoff, and much more, along with a great achievement award. That's coming next week. But first, right now, we are not done. Joan Osborne is from Kentucky, but her gift as a singer is universal and powerful. She lived in New York for years. But we're going to hear a song from her first record, from her first visit of many to E-Town. But before that, Jonathan Edwards, a New England-based songwriter, has been busy writing and recording and touring for a long time, more than 50 years. He's got a really sweet singing voice, and he once wrote a hit song. Uh, We're going to start with a portion of my conversation with Jonathan Edwards from E-Town, Back in 1996. Here it is. Jonathan, you did a song earlier. I think it was called One Day Closer. Yeah. Yes, I did. And uh, it made me think about a story that I heard recently about you. Maybe you can tell me if this is in fact the case, that you recently discovered your uh, daughter, who you had given up for adoption uh, a long time ago. Maybe you can tell me about that a little bit. Um, About 26 years ago, my girlfriend and I became pregnant, and uh, we didn't know what to do. Didn't know what to do. So we gave the child up for adoption. And we always kept our names in her file, you know, if she ever wanted to look us up. We, ever, we always kept updating our phone numbers if we moved. and So she'd have access to us if she wanted. And a couple years ago, sure enough, she called us up. And she lives in, on the West Coast, and I sent her a, a ticket to come out to the East Coast where I lived. And uh, she got off the plane, 24 years old, with a pink balloon that said, It's a girl. <laughs> it's been a, a miraculous thing and a, a wonderful reunion and, and and she sings on your new record she sings the high harmony part yeah, yeah she sang the part that helen sang and and she's a, a singer and i i aim to uh do some more work with her in the studio her name is brenda lee williams yeah and you were also adopted isn't that right yes i was adopted so it's an amazing uh little cycle yeah, yeah, it is. And I recently found my birth mother, too, and that was like going home after 40 years. 
It's like it was a really wonderful thing. So I've been very lucky in those areas. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing that this and that happened recently, just in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It can happen. Well, um, I'm sure that has nothing to do with the song you're about to do, but I just wanted to ask you about that before. No, absolutely yeah. nothing at all, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is the song you're about to do? We're going to do uh, a song that was very large in my history, a song that became a number one hit all over the world, actually. And uh, I wrote it during the Vietnam era, and I have never written a real protest song before or since this one. You might not know that when you first hear it, but it, it is. Sunshine go away today I don't feel much like dancing Some man's gone and tried to run my life You don't know what he's asking Tells me I'd better get in line I can't hear a word he's saying Hey, when I grow up I'm going to make it mine All these ain't dues I've been paying Sing it with us How much does it cost? I'll buy it The time is all we lost I'll try it He can't even run his own life I'll be damned if you run wonder where the fruits of what I do are going but he said in love and war all is fair but he's got cards he ain't showing sing it again how much does it cost I'll buy it the time is all we lost I'll try it you can't even run his own life we damned if you run Come on back another day I promise you I'll be singing There's a this old world is gonna turn around And brand new bells will be ringing Hear them Jonathan Edwards. Thank you very much. Joan Osborne and her band are back here with us. And, uh... Now, Joan, you grew up in uh, kind of near Louisville, Kentucky? Yeah, a little town called Anchorage, Kentucky. Anchorage, Kentucky. Yes. And then you moved to New York. And I heard, I don't know if this is true, but I heard that you really only started singing just a few years ago. Well, I guess it was about six or seven years ago now, but I started out at an open mic night. I wasn't doing it seriously at all. I just... Did a Billie Holiday song or yeah, something. Yeah, God Bless the Child. And uh, 
the, the guy who was playing piano said, uh, yeah, why don't you come back once a week? We have an open mic session. So I started hanging out and discovering this whole amazing community of musicians and clubs and stuff in New York. And there are other open mic nights at other places, and suddenly you met a whole bunch of people. And Yeah, yeah, I got sucked in. Yeah. <laughs> We're happy that happened. Uh, yeah. Me too. Uh, did you... Um, did you start writing songs pretty soon after that? I assume, did you get a band together or what happened? Uh, yeah, I, I formed my first bands out of the musicians that I met at the open mic nights. And uh, I started writing a little bit at the beginning, but I didn't like the songs that I was writing, so I stopped for a while. I was too intimidated by it. But uh, a few years ago, I started again. So. And are you surprised by it? It seems like there's just great momentum and a lot of people everywhere you go just it's a great buzz about your new record and your performances. and. Uh, does it feel like a very natural progression, or does it surprise you? Well, it's uh, the the large numbers is starting to get a little surprising. Uh, we've they've showed me how many copies of the record we've sold on, on all these charts and stuff, and over, that gets a over little, a thousand probably. I bet. Uh, yeah, more than a yeah. thousand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And then I start thinking about, well, I, I don't even know a thousand people, so I, it, it becomes a little mind-boggling. Right. But it's good though. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I'm very glad you're here. Well, thank you. Yeah. Welcome to E-Town.
Joan Osborne, wonderful singer. Mercury recording on her new CD is called Relish. Joan Osborne. Thank you to Joan Osborne and her band. Thanks, Jonathan Edwards, along with Helen and the E-Tones. We're going to leave you this week with the finale from that show that Joan was on. Uh, the other guest that week was Willie Porter, a great singer, and they've chosen a Dylan song. I want to thank all of our guests this week. Keb Moe, Steve Earle, Gatemouth Brown, Michael Moore, Kate McKenzie, Del McCurry, Yor McCowkinen, Jonathan Edwards, Willie Porter, and Joan Osborne. Thanks to Donna Giardina and Todd Ayers for their help in putting these shows together, and special thanks to Helen Forster. Hope you can join me next week for part two of our special look at our 1996 season, right here in E-Town. They say everything can be replaced They say every distance is not near I remember every single face Every single man who put me here I see my light come shine from the west down to the east Any day now Any day now I shall be Say every man must fall Yet I swear I see my reflection Someplace so high above this wall
This is a production of E-Town. Wow, I hope you enjoyed the 1996 Part 1 retrospective as we continue our look at 30 years of E-Town on the air. So much good stuff, and of course, there's more to come because Part 2 is coming up next. I'm Nick Forster. Thanks for listening.